When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello, hello. Not haunted by ghosts is Blake, Iowa Gopher. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And you street. Hey y'all. Well, as far as I can tell, uh, the Maryland or sorry, the Minnesota running backs are still running all over Maryland right now, and that's all we have to say about that game. Moving on, what made us all laugh this past weekend? I think the easiest uh, you know, pick out there on the board is probably Penn State uh, absolutely pooping the bed against uh, Brett Bielema and uh, Illinois. But I'm interested to see what else might be out there for humor. I'm going to turn it to Blake first. I mean, how do you, it's tough to beat Penn State, Illinois. They went to, was it nine overtimes? Yeah, but it's that stupid. It's that stupid new overtime where they do like two point conversions after the third OT. But still, the fact that it was twenty to eighteen. I mean, it won, it won, I think it was ten ten at end of regulation. I mean, how does that? How does that happen? I don't. That's insane to me. How do you lose to Brett Bielema and in, in, in his first year at Illinois? I guess until, me, Scott Frost did it. So I guess. Yeah, until Illinois finally scored in, I think overtime eight, they were they were combined zero for fourteen on two point. They basically from the two yard line. Both teams ran seven plays from the two yard line, and not one of them could get in the end zone. Good lord! I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you top that. That's <laughs> just Penn State. I I think, and I've I've checked in on Blackshoe Diaries to see how they're doing. They're in total despair. I think they their Big Ten power rankings this week. Penn State is ranked 14th, so they're taking the loss pretty well. Uh, in, I noted that after the Bowling Green loss, they had moved us to 13th, which even for the Bowling Green loss felt a bit low. <laughs> we've, we've climbed back. We've climbed back up though, so it's come around. Oh, completely. But like, I mean, Illinois and some other teams were still, you know, in the conference at that time. Even with the Bowling Green loss, I think 13th was a bit harsh. Uh, all right, uh, Andy. I mean, sticking with Penn State as well, or did something else uh, give you the giggles? Um, yeah, you know, I think I got to stick with that one. I, I otherwise was a bit out of the loop this weekend, and so, uh, but sitting sitting in the seats watching the uh, start of the Gopher game and paying attention to that on my phone, it was it was hilarious to just watch the complete ineptitude and the fact that it kept going and going and going. And at one point we got very, very close to the Huntington Bank scoreboard um, showing the quarter number being higher than the point total that either one of the two teams <laughs> had. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Uh, Street, how about you? Nerds. Kansas, Oklahoma. Nothing was funnier than Kansas-Oklahoma this week. There was an extended period of time where Kansas, one in five Kansas, was about to knock off the number three team in the nation. Also, and didn't they open up the door? It wasn't particularly close. Yes. In, in the third quarter, 
the uh, the entire city was informed that the the stadium was open. It was free to get in and just like please come. And once that was announced, Oklahoma promptly scored 28 points and ended up winning 35-23. Also uh, cheated in order to get a key first down. Uh, well, they didn't cheat so much as like the refs screwed up uh, on that front. So that was that was hysterically funny. Uh, the whole thing was really funny because everyone is trying to like keep pretending that Oklahoma is a top three team, which is they are not. Uh, but again, my general view in the season is nobody is very good at football. Uh, the other thing that was amusing would be App State beating Coastal Carolina, uh, so ruining another G5 possibility on a last-second field goal uh, for the upset. Uh, that was that was amusing, though perhaps not so amusing if you were a fan of Coastal Carolina. Are they just Chanticleers? Is that Coastal Carolina? We're missing zips. Yeah, Chanticleers. Yeah, yeah Chant- Chanticleers. Uh, yes, I don't know what a Chanticleer is, but I know it's whatever a- it was, it was sad. It's a uh, rooster. Yeah, well, so it definitely was not, like, greening the sun the next day. Uh, those were the two things that I thought <laughs> were funniest over the weekend. The Penn State-Illinois game was sort of funny in the ineptitude, but it, like, it was kind of like watching a bad movie that wasn't bad enough to be amusing. I'd like to also extend an honorable mention to Purdue, uh, who has now lost the last 15 straight games uh, to Wisconsin. Uh, and managed to break their unranked, the longest un- uh, streak of weeks not being ranked in the AP poll and immediately pooping the bet against Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin, incidentally, did nothing but run the ball, and uh, Purdue apparently didn't bother to try to stop that. So, Well, I mean, uh, I love that like the top 25 is in such a disarray this year that they're like, oh, this team beat someone in the top 25. They should be in the top 25. And then that's, that's just, that, that is right now is the criteria to be in the top 25. If you've, you either they already didn't lose or didn't lose badly enough, or if you, if you want to be on the outer layers of the top 25, you have to beat a top 25 team. And that's criteria enough. Unless you've lost a Bowling Green. <laughs> Unless you've lost Bowling Green. But we haven't beaten a top 25 team either. But technically, that is, that is true. Purdue well, I was not ranked at the time, but they were ranked after we beat them. So, I mean, take from that what you will. For a very short, beautiful moment in the sun, <laughs> Purdue was ranked. Uh, what a glorious, glorious moment that was for them. I'm sure they're feeling wonderful about it right now. Well, obviously, Ask Blake a Hockey Question has been uh, a new part of this uh, season of the pod. But I've been informed that if I ask Street a Northwestern football question, he will not be able to answer it. And so I'd like to turn it to you, Street, and say, can you name the defensive coordinator that has made uh, all of Northwestern want to, you know, just absolutely uh, commit seppuku? I have literally no idea. Is it Jeff Fisher? Did he get hired by Pat Fitzgerald for some reason? No, it is not Jeff Fisher. Uh, so do, would you like to take another guess? Bill O'Brien. Perhaps the reason they dislike him is that he's actually not a very good offensive coordinator, and he was put by Pat Fitzgerald on the defensive side of the ball and has made it worse. Uh, well, no, that's also not it. Uh, it's Jim O'Neill uh, who took over for Mike Hankwitz. And... Neither of those people are real. <laughs> well, uh, I, Northwestern fans wish Jim O'Neill wasn't real because they are extremely pissed off about how Northwestern is playing defense this year. Typically, of course, the strong point of Northwestern football. Northwestern football exists with a decent to good defense and an offense that shows up once every two or three years. 
This year they have neither. So Do they have a transfer quarterback this year who was like a four-star at some school and then everyone realized that he actually wasn't very good and so he transferred to Northwestern? Is that the quarterback cycle this time? Yes. He's still there, but he's also not playing, right? Am I right? No, they, like, no, they, 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 they've got another one too. They've yeah, got a new one. They've got So Hunter Johnson was from Clemson. He started the season as a starter, but now South Carolina quarterback Ryan Holinsky has taken over. I didn't actually realize he was another transfer. I'm glad they're picking up all these transfers that actually. Well, isn't he a double transfer? Didn't Holinsky start at Washington State, then went to South Carolina, and now is at Northwestern? Yeah, you're right. He's he's a three timer. So what I'm taking from this, I know we're about to go into a preview for someone who at least ostensibly claims to know some things about Northwestern. But what I'm taking from this is that no one has any clue about anything related to Northwestern football. I know some things. Okay. I mean, if I have to be really honest, I realized as I was about to ask you the question that I didn't know the answer either, and I had to Google it quickly while, you know, you were talking, so. It's going to be really depressing if they lose on Saturday, then. (laughs) All right, uh, Blake, uh, tell us about Northwestern. Do we care about any of them? Should we we be worried in any way? Uh, If we're not worried, how distraught should we be if Minnesota loses? I just want to interject that uh, we absolutely should be distraught if we lose to Northwestern, and we should be worried because Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. Yeah, he's taking my points now. I took, I was, that was going to be my point is like we have to worry about every game because of the Bowling Green loss. There's no overlap. I'm not so much. I'm not so much asking should we be worried. I guess I should, maybe I'll clarify. What about them should worry us? Uh, I'm not. Uh, that's a tough question as well. I mean, often you want to you want to say you want to say nothing because you want to say nothing, but we lost to Bowling Green. It's true. I mean, offensively, uh, that was in a pretty bad spot. I mean, coming into the year, they were they lost quarterback their quarterback Peyton Ramsey, their top four pass catchers, two stars in the offensive line, and in the first game of the year, their starting running back Cam Porter uh, was out for the year with a leg injury. So uh, they're hurting. I mean, it, for them, it all starts up front. Their offensive line has just not been very good either in run blocking or pass protection. I mean, their leading rusher is Evan Hull, a sophomore Evan Hole, and he has like 640 rushing yards. Over half of those have come in two games, and they were against FCS, Indiana State, and Ohio. You, you you missed you missed the hashtag one of us there by the way Evan, Evan Hall is a uh, Maple Grove Minnesota native so that, is, the, that, that that narrative will be all over Saturday that as well. That's correct. We'll see if he has any uh fortune against the state, his home state team. Uh he did I mean to his credit bro he broke loose on a 75-yard touchdown run against Michigan last week. That's really all he did in that game. So hopefully he doesn't do that again. Um, and then as we, we mentioned, Ryan Holinsky is their starting quarterback. Um, he's been pretty so-so. I think he started the last four games for them. He's completed, completed about more than 50% of his passes, that, you know, good for him, but only three touchdowns. Um, it's an open question who he'll be throwing to, uh, their top receiver, Stefan Robinson left the game Saturday with a lower body injury, lower body injury and did not return. And Pat Fitzgerald, um, obviously comes from the same school of thought of injuries as PJ Fleck and said, well, you'll find out on Saturday if he's going to play or not. So um, if he's out they're also they've also lost their number three receiver, Bryce Kurtz um, to a non-contact injury. He's out for the year. So um, expect a lot of targets for M- Malik Washington, who is second on the team in receptions and receiving yards. Everyone else is a distant fourth, fifth, sixth. So, yeah, not a ton of firepower in this, on this offense. Uh, so they, and I think they've, the only the only big time win they have is against Rutgers. They scored 21 points that game. Every other game they've been held. Nebraska held them to seven points. Michigan held them to seven points. Um, and then I think Michigan State they scored a fair amount 
Um, but that was the season opener, so then it doesn't count. Um, and then you, you flip to the other side of the ball. Defensively, uh, Northwestern ranks 122nd nationally in run defense. They've allowed an average of 218.3 rushing yards per game. Um, as you mentioned earlier, they lost their veteran coordinator, Mike Hankwitz. He's, he'd been there for like 13 years, um, so it's a big change for them. They also came into the year, uh, they lost all but four starters on defense from last season. Um, so this this unit probably bears a striking resemblance to the Minnesota's defense last season. Just a lot of inexperienced players uh, stepping into starting roles and struggling with you know the basics of just assignments, communication, and uh, honestly poor tackling. Uh, I mean, they've just if you look at their track record, they've given up 326 rushing yards to Michigan State, 427 rushing yards to Nebraska, and then 294 rushing yards to Michigan. So um, I don't know if you saw Minnesota's game plan last week against Maryland, which was uh, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I would expect they probably have a similar game plan for Northwestern based on um, just past history of Northwestern's performance this season. Um, you know, they do have... And okay, secondary, they rank in the top 30 in the country in pass defense, but I honestly don't know if that's just because the teams are just running wild on them, which I think was kind of the case for Minnesota last year. They ranked fairly well in pass defense, mostly because people just like ran wild on them. So I don't know how much credence I put into that. They do have pretty good safety. Brandon Joseph, he was the Big Ten freshman of the year last year, had six interceptions, and he's uh, tied for second on the team in tackles this year. Um, Coco Azima, their other safety, had a good game against Michigan, had 10 solo tackles and forced two fumbles. So they've got a couple playmakers at safety, but, uh, yeah, this is a very green defense, um, and obviously very <laughs> loose up front. Um, so I would, it's very likely that this is going to be a big game for Minnesota's offensive line. If the offensive line we've seen in the past few weeks, uh, shows up to play. Well, what I'm hearing from you, Blake, is essentially that, uh, if they lose to Northwestern, this loss might actually be worse than the Bowling Green loss because Minnesota has improved since the Bowling Green loss, and Northwestern honestly doesn't seem like they're that much better than Bowling Green. So, uh, on, in other news, I'm not actually going to be all that worried about it because I think this team has improved since Bowling Green. The SkyU Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Homefield Apparel, the good brand. You've heard us talk before about how excited we were to get them as a sponsor, and we continue to be excited because as fall approaches, they have restocked their crew neck and hoodie sweatshirts. There's a Sweet Script uh, Minnesota sweatshirt out there right now waiting for you to pick one up. If you have not already shopped for the first time at Homefield Apparel, make sure to go to homefieldapparel.com and use code DAILYGOPHER at checkout for 15% off your order. It's not just uh, Minnesota gear. There are sweet stickers from all sorts of historic logos across NCAA. Uh, I have a Tulane Green Wave sticker that I've had my eye on that i got to go pick up. Uh, whatever it is, make sure to get over to homefieldapparel.com, find it for yourself, feel good in it, look good in it, and enjoy every moment with your new gear. That's homefieldapparel.com, code DAILYGOPHER. All right, well, I'm going to turn it back to Blake for a second and ask Blake a hockey question. Blake, um, I'm not even going to ask you for the results. I want you to see if you can remember, given that it was previewed by Andy during the last podcast, who did the Minnesota men and Minnesota women play in hockey last weekend? Uh, I, I saw the results from the men, I think, uh, if it's been played. I saw a result from the game. I can't remember who it was, though. The women's total, that's a total loss. Um, 
Shit. Who was that? Yeah, I I don't know. It's not Andy's fault, it's mine. You were on the podcast when Andy talked about it. I don't retain I don't retain information very well. Okay. Uh, well the the men played Duluth and the women played Colgate. Uh, and Colgate was a big game because Colgate was ranked number three in the country. Uh, Minnesota was ranked number four, and the women got a sweep. Uh, the men, on the other hand, eh, not as great. Okay. I, I, I knew it was a toothpaste, um, and I knew the other one started with a D, so I was close. I didn't know if it was Crest or Colgate, and I didn't feel confident picking one or the other. So, <laughs> Andy, you want to walk us through uh, what happened, uh, your, your opinions on what happened this past weekend, and then uh, take us through what's coming up? Yeah, you covered it. It was meh. no. Uh, the women uh, got the uh, the best performance of the weekend, going out to uh, to upstate New York, taking on number three Colgate, uh, and coming home with the sweep. Uh, Gophers get a, a five three win on Friday, three two on Saturday, um, bumping them up to number three in the nation this week. Uh, really was now it was going to be a big uh, a big weekend you know uh, the first time uh, a team from the west had played a team from the east in two years uh, with this much on the line and, and Minnesota went and proved the the WCHA's uh, superiority over the eastern teams um, you know they uh, they they got what they needed to do improved to eight no against Colgate all time I think Minnesota's now won or is undefeated at least in the, like their 20 less either 20 or 21 non-conference games uh which is pretty impressive considering they played some decent non-conference teams over that time so uh yeah it was a it was a big weekend for them uh getting you know getting those two wins and uh now they'll swing back into the conference play um uh, they stay on the road though heading up to Bemidji uh, for a series Friday afternoon, Saturday noon afternoon up there. Um, you know, Bemidji on occasion has been sort of a, a horror show for the Gophers. Um, they should beat them. They have significantly more talent. Bemidji is very not good this year. Um, but that arena up there does some weird things sometimes, and, and the Gophers have, have struggled occasionally. So, um, to be fair, hold on, hold on. To be fair, usually when they struggle, it's because Bemidji has a good goalie, though, right? Admittedly, that I mean that has something to do with it, but uh, yeah, I mean Bemidji's already lost once to uh, to St. Thomas this year. Um, they are they are not really very good at all. So it should arguably be a uh, uh, another sweep weekend to make it three in a row for Minnesota uh, before they get uh, next weekend off. Um, so hopefully they can uh, get that get that win and uh, compare wins and and keep moving along uh, on the path they are. Well, okay, so we have got good news coming for us uh, with the women. What do the men have coming up? Uh, pain, suffering, pestilence. Oh, I, I no. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. It's 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 not been great. Uh, unfortunately, the Gophers played a home and home against uh, UMD last weekend and got swept by the Bulldogs, losing five three in Minneapolis on Friday, uh, before a two one loss up in Duluth on Saturday. Uh, more struggles from Jack LaFontaine. He did not look good in the uh, the Friday night game against Duluth. Gave up a couple of really weak goals. Um, he's not been the same goalie at all as he was last year when he won the Mike Richter Award. He's really struggled quite a bit this season at times. Um, and obviously that's shown in the Gophers' record is they're, you know, they've lost now three games uh, 
to St. Cloud and Duluth and sit at three and three, um, not where they ideally would like to be. Um, you know, they still are ranked highly in the, in the country as they're losing to, you know, arguably top five teams in the country, uh, in, in St. Cloud and, and UMD, but, uh, it doesn't help the, uh, both the pairwise when you get to the ND there, when you're losing these games to NCHC teams, nor does it help the in-state bragging rights when, um, you know, you're too, We'd like to call them little brothers, but they're not really little brothers anymore or beating the crap out of you. I think Minnesota is now something like 1-12-1 in their last 14 games against Minnesota Duluth. That's that's not good. That that shouldn't be happening. But here we are. So uh, they need to bounce back and bounce back in a hurry. Uh, they play their uh, Big Ten opener this weekend with Notre Dame coming to town. Uh, Notre Dame ranked 14th in the country. Um the Irish are going to be a tough team. Uh, Jeff Jackson always has their team prepared. Uh, they went out and got arguably the best goalie on the transfer portal this past offseason, getting uh, Matthew Galata from Cornell, who was a uh, two-time ECAC Player of the Year. So Minnesota is going to have to find some find some goals. I mean, only one goal uh, against Duluth isn't going to cut it, and. Uh, only one goal in, in their loss to St. Cloud ain't going to cut it. Uh, this team was supposed to be scoring goals. They seem to be a bit snake bit at the moment. Um, they're going to be down. One of their top defensemen, Mike Coster, got hurt in uh, the Friday game against Duluth. Didn't play Saturday, and it sounds like he's going to be out for uh, a few weeks here with a shoulder, upper arm injury, something like that. So uh, that's not great. Uh, they're going to have to to bring somebody else in the lineup and try and fill that hole, and uh, they're going to have to figure th- some things out now as we get uh, you know back into Big Ten play. Um, you know Notre Dame this weekend, and it doesn't get any easier as they have to head to Madison to to face the Badgers next weekend. So what I'm hearing from you is that Notre Dame has a goalie good enough that if Minnesota gives up an early goal, Notre Dame is just going to absolutely sit down and clog and not let anything go into the zone basically yeah no that is that is one of the keys that will be important this weekend is the gophers need to get it get on top first because yes we do know that notre dame likes to play that just clog the middle zone trap and admittedly they're they would love to win a game two to one uh that would be like their ideal performance especially as they're not uh not the most highly scoring powered team in the country so uh that that's that's going to be the key is Gophers have to get on. They can't fall down early. LaFontaine can't give up a easy, cheap one early, and they fall down 2 nothing, because it's going to be a brutal slog to try and get those goals back if Notre Dame has anything to say about it. All right. Well, volleyball uh, not getting quite the weekend we hoped, uh, but did grab a split. Uh, also um, grabbed us a uh, uh, Swept 3-0 over Indiana tonight, if I was paying attention correctly. Uh, Andy, you know, thoughts from that from the weekend for, for the volleyball team? Yeah, uh, admittedly, I only really saw the scores. I didn't get a chance to see any of the action. But, yeah, they uh, they posted 14th-ranked Penn State Friday night and got swept 3-0. Um, from what I saw, they never really were in the match and, and just sort of played a stinker, which is something this team has a, has a knack to do every once in a while. Uh, but they battled back and ended up knocking off number six Ohio State Sunday afternoon, three to one. Uh, not a great weekend for Ohio State as they got beat up by Wisconsin on Friday night. So uh, 
the Badger or the Buckeyes came in at number six and and dropped after this week getting swept by Minnesota and Wisconsin. Uh, the Gophers uh, are ranked number eleven in the country this week, um, and yeah, they did uh, they did head to Bloomington and and got an easy three zero sweep over uh indiana tonight uh stephanie samity 18 kills now has over 1800 kills for her career uh but it's gonna set up a huge game this weekend um coming to town saturday night number six nebraska the corn huskers who are actually as we speak playing uh wisconsin in madison um it, it's a it's a battle for the top of the Big Ten. You know, Nebraska's eight and zero right now in conference. Wisconsin seven and one. We'll see what happens in the match tonight. But uh, if the Gophers want to try and keep pace, they got to find a way to beat the Cornhuskers Saturday night. Um, it won't be easy. Beating Nebraska is always tough. Uh, but you know, hopefully Minnesota plays more like they did against Ohio State than they do against Penn State. So predictions. It's prediction time. Street, I'm going to kick it to you to start. What uh, do you have a crazy bet related to like how many times uh, Pat Fitzgerald scratches his butt or something, or are we going to stick to like normal betting rules? I predict that I will know more than two Northwestern players by the end of Saturday. That's my bet. <laughs> I'm not sure how to test that. I guess. I mean, I think practically as. As Blake mentioned, uh, for the rest of us who actually listen to what other people say on this podcast, uh, the actual bet would be <laughs> over under uh, over under three rushing touchdowns, and I will take the over from Minnesota. Fair enough, uh, Andy. What do you got? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think uh, I think we just got to sort of stick with the line. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up the exact line as it is accurate right now. Uh, it's currently, wow, apparently it's bumped up to Minnesota seven and a half, which started out, I believe, at Minnesota four earlier this week. So, uh, that is moving significantly. Um, you know, I, I, I do like Minnesota to win pretty easily. Um, I'm going to have to, you know, continue to stick with my, my power of, of 30 or 31, uh, 34 last week. We were just a little high, but we're right in that ballpark. And that seems to be a pretty good average for this team. So, uh, with an over under of only 43 and a half and the Gophers favored by seven, I think, uh, I think you got to take, uh, the over and I think you got to take Minnesota. I predict the Gophers will win this one 31 to 17. All right, Blake, how about you? Uh, mine's not too far from that. I'd go Minnesota 30, Northwestern 13. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling uh, kind of a grinded out. Minnesota just puts in puts the ball in uh, a couple times in the second half to widen it. We'll go Minnesota 30, Northwestern 10. I don't think they're that good. Well, friends, um, I'm going to close this out with a reminder. Home Field Apparel, they rock. Homefieldapparel.com. Use code DAILYGOPHER at checkout. And in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky you ma. Row the boat.